0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: I am no bird, and no net ensnares me. I'm a free human being with an independent will, which I now exert to leave you. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, where we talk all things audiobooks on this weekly podcast. And starting with a quote, of course, March, we're celebrating women all through Women's Month. I'm not even sure if that's official, but that's what we're calling it. Uh, And in light of International Women's Day on March 8th, let's celebrate and recognize women in literature. This quote that you just heard is by Charlotte Bronte from Jane Eyre. Classic literature and classic quote and classic women's perspectives uh, in this fictional tale of Jane Eyre. But of course... There's a lot more quotes to come and lots more to reflect back on from the first few weeks in March. So we are just going all in with this theme, of course. Later, uh, we'll talk more about a novel that was written by a female author that encompasses... Woo, just so much. Okay, but pause there because I, I will go on a rant like I did last time. Nisreen Abdelmajid is joining me. I'm Ramia Amadin for today's episode. And let's take a look at the CELA homepage because that's where we like to start. CELAlibrary.ca is where you go for this. And under the featured titles uh, category or heading, we have The Red Palace by June Her, Historical Mysteries for any of you guys interested in that. Unprotected by Billy Porter, actor's biography and getting rave reviews. The Midnight Hour is the final one of the featured titles by Ellie Griffiths. And this is a suspense and thrillers. We went through all three books already here on the show uh, under the pause or play section, which we love to have here. And so if you want to go back and hear some of the synopsis, do recommend and encourage you doing that. And Nizreen, without further ado, let's chat about what's trending.
2: Yeah, so in honor of Women's History Month, to continue this conversation, Audible.com gathered a selection of listens that highlight women's achievements throughout history. We start with My Body by Emily Ratajkowski. Next up, The Glass Universe, How the Ladies of the Harvard Observatory Took the Measure of the Stars. We have Why They Marched, Untold Stories of the Women Who Fought for the Right to Vote, written by Suzanne Ware, Spinster, Making a Life or One's Own by Kate Bullock, and a couple more audiobooks related to Fighting to Vote. There was actually a few more. And I have one more I wanted to mention on this list is The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X., and the James Baldwin shaped a nation um i recommend these deep powerful books that recognizes the amazing women who are making a lasting impact in our country and just like the last one i recommended these made history these women made history and that's such an important thing to bring up for international women's history month hearing about mothers. are you digging it yeah. Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And <laughs> hearing about mothers, especially mothers in history, right? We mm-hmm. um, tend to kind of overlook the aspect of how people in history were raised, um, if not mm-hmm. overlooked, just, you know, the complete opposite, which is deep delving into that and their childhood and the way they were raised. Uh, but that is great because, you know, huge entities Icons in our society, yeah. in our history, um, and in social justice. To be honest, like Malcolm X, and um, uh, who else did you say was mentioned there?
2: It was uh, Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King Jr. and James Baldwin.
1: Yeah, That's, so huge men in history, and then to look back at the the roles that their mothers played is. Probably going to be very, very eye-opening um, for me. I love to, to hear things on a psychological level and, and look back at that and say, hmm, how, I wonder what role these women played in that sense for these men to become and, and so become stamped in our history.
2: Yeah, so you, you would read some of these books to oh, yeah. look at the history. See, I, I agree with you. I want to know more about our history, especially what these women fought for these women who fought for our freedom right now. I mean, we fought for so much and we're still fighting for so much, but um, Mm -hmm. the history matters when it comes to women's achievements. So I just wanted to also mention that the book that's called the three mothers, how the mothers of Martin Luther King, Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin shaped a nation is written by Anna Malika Tubbs. If you wanted to know more about that, So again, audiobooks.com, there's so many more books to look at, looking at our history uh, for these powerful women who are making a lasting impact in our lives. So yeah. Yes, lasting impact for sure. And even when the angle
1: is that these are not the women we hear about, we don't sit down and talk about. Martin Luther King Jr.'s mother right? We don't sit down and talk about Malcolm X's mom um, But these women most definitely And I'm sure once you read the book uh, We will be enlightened as to How they made The impact like you said That we're living in today Amazing Reen, thank you so much This is AMI Audiobook Review. I'm your host, Ramia Amuddin, here with Nisreen Abdel-Majid, and we are ready to pause or play. So let's hit it. The book that we're going to be discussing is Made by Stephanie Land, and it was released in 2019. It's been pretty huge as a Netflix special limited series if you've caught it there. But let's talk a little bit about the book. At 28, Stephanie Land's plans of breaking free from the roots of her hometown in the Pacific Northwest to chase her dreams of attending university and becoming a writer were cut short when a summer fling turned into an unexpected pregnancy. She turned to housekeeping to make ends meet, and with a tenacious grip on her dream to provide her daughter with the best life possible, Stephanie worked days and took classes online to earn a college degree and began to write endlessly. She wrote the true stories that weren't being told, the stories of overworked and underpaid Americans, the stories of living on food stamps and coupons to eat, of the government's programs that provided her housing, but that doubled as halfway houses, the aloof government employees who called her lucky for receiving government influence, but she didn't feel lucky at all. She wrote to remember the fight to eventually cut through the deep-rooted stigmas of the working poor. And Maid explores the underbelly of upper-middle-class America and the reality of what it's like to be in service to them. Her compassionate, unflinching writing as a journalist gives voice to the, quote, servant worker of pursuing the American dream from below the poverty line. So, here we go around the table. Nizreen, would you press pause or play on
2: Maid? I would press play. I've said it before. I love these deep stories that really tell a real raw um, backline to history. And I feel like it touches on that. So I would I would definitely put play. Definitely, definitely storytelling. And Jacob, over to you, pause or
1: play?
0: Uh, I think I'd have to say I'd play I'd press pause on that. To be honest, it's just not typically the kind of book I read. Um, mm. I, I don't typically like books that take place in like a contemporary setting and don't have any elements of a fantasy or sci-fi. It's just I live in a contemporary setting. And like mm. when I read a book, I want to be taken away somewhere. Oh. Now, it does sound really interesting. So uh, say it was right. stuck somewhere. I would definitely read that book.
2: <laughs> That's, understandable. That's understandable. That's <laughs> understandable. Everybody <laughs> has their taste. Okay, okay. No, I, I like that.
1: Conditional play. Um, I would definitely press play. I have watched the Netflix special, so it's not uh, typical for me to go back after watching the TV show and then saying, oh, you know what? I might want to pick up the book because it, truly it is always the book first, right? That's what I recommend just generically. Um, but this book seems to have a lot of depth in the stories. And it, it kind of interests me because I've been going on this streak of reading memoirs that, you know, she would diary her whole experience, journal her whole experience throughout being a, a maid and, um, and then saying, wow, I got through that. Now I'm here. And so listen to what I've been through. You know, that's, that's just interesting. And then, of course, speaking of interesting, hearing about the people's homes that she cleaned you know, hearing about what they went yeah. through, their personal mm, stories, their yeah. woes and all of that sounds like
2: juice. It just sounds like a lot of spilled tea. So I love that. The <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> that yeah, the yeah. the tea is the spilled tea is what's important at this point. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it is. <laughs> It it plays an aspect for sure. Uh, That's, of course, Made by Stephanie Land, and this is available in human-narrated audio on SELA Library. I feel like I should be telling you guys uh, when that is an option if you're a SELA user. So we're going to go back to hearing um, the voice of our guest today because we love to check in with avid audiobook listeners on the show, opening up the space to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, and reminisce on audiobooks. And we're meeting Jacob Shymansky, AMI Audio Technical Producer here, and you have this huge appreciation for audiobooks so welcome to the show and thanks for coming on
0: i'm happy to be here thanks for having me
1: so you want to is it going to be a hard one okay ready you want to describe your audiobook listening habits in one word we got a, a bit of the taste of that when you said what you wouldn't press play on
0: disciplined
1: disciplined what? wow okay let, follow let, up let question me explain. Let describe let
2: me describe <laughs> that <laughs> okay
0: describe in the sense that i read one book at a time and every time i sit down i have to finish the chapter no exceptions i i can't stand being a little all over the place in that sense if that makes sense
1: wow no wishy-washy just straight up did this come from school days like did that just (laughs) seep in
0: (laughs) I'm, i'm typically not a very disciplined person to be honest but when it comes to audiobooks there's no messing around it's just like there's something that just seems so wrong to me about leaving a a chapter halfway through
1: right and that's if so if you put yourself in the perspective of having read something that you weren't into do you just put that book down or do you nope i gotta finish the chapter gotta finish the book
0: oh yeah i definitely finish the books that i start. i can't remember the last book i didn't finish
1: wow so the next question I had for you, which is going to be interesting to think about it now, because you're talking about discipline and this rigidity of like, uh, you know, how to read your audiobooks. Do you associate reading with vacationing and like pleasure reading?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Well, I haven't gone on vacation in so long because of, uh, well, I won't say the word, but. Um, <laughs> what's you know vacation
2: what? again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, what is that? Um, No, I. I can't say I do because I just read books all the time and I don't really change the type of books that I read when I do go on vacation. So um, I'm going to have to say no to that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, you said to me um, before coming on the show that you do have this huge appreciation for audiobooks. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, is, is it newer for you? Is it newer to be listening to audiobooks rather than a, an alternate form of reading?
0: Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. So I, I was low vision for a long time, but I still like struggled through the pain of reading a book in that sense, you know, with my nose basically brushing up against the pages, and I was a very mm-hmm. slow reader. And I read a lot of books that way. But switching to audiobooks, like about five years ago or so, it's i've I was getting through books so much faster and just getting so much more out of it. And because I was reading in a much smoother way, like I just got so much more out of it. So, yeah, they are a new thing to me, and it's really what like kickstarted my my love of books, to be honest.
1: Oh, oh, that's so honest. Um, you know before, <laughs> I don't say this a lot, but I barely read. Uh, when I was younger, I would actually fake read. Full full disclosure. I would fake read during those challenges that you'd get at school. You know, when when you're trying to be encouraged to read as a young person, and they tell you, uh, you know, read this. If you can get through five books, then you get this prize, and ten books is this other more upgraded prize, and and that kind of thing. And my grade five teacher was a huge fan of that. Like we would do daily reading, and I would say. I'm not going to get through any of those books. I'm not even going to get through the first book. So I'm going to have to fake read it and then just get the prize that way. Um, So I really do appreciate saying it made me love books to listen to audiobooks.
0: So you were the type of person that went on the internet on Sparks Notes to find the general plot of a book.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was like high school by the time I actually said, yeah, maybe I should read a book in real life. It's a confession.
0: I mean, Sparks Sparks Notes exists for a reason, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. For people who don't want to read Harry Potter, but want to know what exactly happens so they can take part in the conversations with me, (laughs) stuff like that. No, that's bad. Um, (laughs) But but Jacob, so do you have a recent obsession? You mentioned fantasy um, and not taking on contemporary environments and timeframes. So is that always been a thing for you or is there something recent?
0: That's been kind of a recent thing, like in the past two years, I've always been tackling like these big fantasy series. The recent obsession has been the Wheel of Time, which Amazon did um an adaptation. They did the, they released the first season of that adaptation just a couple of months ago. It was okay, but that made me want to read the books. and I read the first six, which each of them are like eight hundred pages or so. And there's wow, f- I think Ooh. fifteen books in the series. But uh, I read the first six and it feels ridiculous that I can't talk about them because I haven't finished it yet because I've read like 5,000 pages. Like, how can I not talk about it? But I've been obsessed with that one. It's been super awesome. But I think, like I said, what I like about fantasy is that it just takes you somewhere new and that you can't take anything for granted. Like, everything about the world, everything about the culture, everything about the way things are done is different. And that can... Mm-hmm. add up to new types of plot lines that uh, that can be introduced new plot elements
1: and how about the building of the fantasy world i know and we've had several guests on the show too by the way who are like super nitpicky you know joining all the communities online and talking about the actual build of that fantasy i've heard of apparently maps and uh you know visual graphics being made to represent <laughs> what exactly is going on. Yes. Uh, so it can get pretty deep. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I've seen some forums with like deep, like heated debates on if you need to read a book with a map, like some people are just losing their minds because like <laughs> X series doesn't have a map. And it's like, I can't understand anything. There's no map, <laughs> but like, <laughs> exactly. I mean, to be fair, some of these series literally have 20 factions, like 20 um, countries or whatnot and like they like to situate themselves but you know i'm i'm blind so i have to make do so in Mm -hmm. my mind it's like i know that that country is west and they're north and they're like somewhere but i'm not sure in relation to what you 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 make do you make do but no there's all sorts of elements that people debate about like in fantasy there's always a debate on like soft magic systems and hard magic systems where if one is very rigid as you could imagine and the other one is more like harry potter's a soft magic system where they don't really explain Mm. it but it doesn't matter you know
1: yeah but does that leave leave room for more debate though when when it's a soft magic system because you're saying you know something could be a a counter note to something else
0: you know oh my god does it ever leave room for more debate that's all it does (laughs) exactly (laughs) I mean I mean the thing is a soft magic system doesn't explain anything so it kind of leaves things to the imagination and then people debate like okay I think I figured out how it worked but like yeah. the the author never never explains explicitly how the magic system works They didn't want to get into it. No, exactly. It's kind of <laughs> like a MacGuffin.
1: It's more it's more fun left to the uh the audience that way.
0: Exactly. And I think um that's something good authors will do is they will leave things to the imagination. And our imagination is always the best storyteller.
1: Right, right. Uh, and I did, we've gone this far without me asking you though, how, how important is it for you that a narrator performs during an audiobook? Because with fantasy, I, I find a lot of it is just, I want to be convinced that I should be listening to this. You know, paying attention.
0: You know what? I, I've I'm not super picky about narrators, but maybe that's just because I've gotten really lucky with good ones. Like I can't okay. remember the last time I read a book and I was like, "Oh, this narrator is terrible." I have heard some narrators that really go into it with the different impressions and voices. You know, like especially in fantasy because they're not just doing humans; they're doing like yep. eight foot.
2: Do you like that? Ogres,
0: you know? It depends if it's done well, you know.
2: Hmm. I like that. I, I feel like it helps me imagine it more. That's what I'm saying. Like
1: bring me right into the world. You know, don't leave any room yeah. for me to think, oh, am I still out here in 2022? Or like what's happening? <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, something I thought was really cool. I mentioned that I, I've been reading The Wheel of Time. The audiobooks mm-hmm. are narrated by a husband and wife duo. Uh, Michael Kramer oh. and uh, Kate Redding I think yeah and they've done all 15 books and those books have a whole bunch of different point of views and they're pretty much equally split between male and female point of views so uh, Kate does the female point of views and um, Michael mm-hmm. does the, the male ones and it's awesome it works really really well.
1: Wow that's incredible okay thanks for shouting mm-hmm. that out and you said that duo you can find on Audible?
0: Yeah they're on Audible they're like the The definitive audio version of The Wheel of Time, yeah.
1: Okay. All right, now let's get to another formal recommendation that you have for us.
0: Oh, this is formal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we would like to hit people with, you know, one formal, one informal, and however many in between.
0: (laughs) All right, so I'm recommending The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandre Dumas. Now, this one isn't typically the kind of book I listen to. It's a historical... A uh, historical fiction adventure story that was released in 1845. It's a classic, but it's still super readable. And it's super surreal to be reading a book that was written in 1845 and to genuinely relate with the characters. It just wow. shows you that like, the human condition really hasn't changed. Just everything around us, right? people are still humans like we haven't changed so but Mm -hmm. no um, deep down it's a story about revenge where an up-and-coming sailor gets framed by a group of conspirators and he spends 14 years in prison and when he leaves he spends his time exacting his revenge on the people that wronged him and he becomes through a series of events super wealthy and fueled by our Revenge and he becomes like an almost like mythical figure, like supernaturally powered by his revenge. And because he's super wealthy wow. and super intelligent, he speaks like seven languages. He goes across Europe developing these elaborate revenge plots, and it's just super satisfying. It's not the deepest, most thought provoking book, but it makes up uh. for that by being so much fun. And
1: right, just out of curiosity, is this written in first person? Are you hearing everything the character has to think?
0: It's an omniscient uh, narrator. and
1: Okay. So still, you
0: know.
1: that works out. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, so much of this, I, I feel like the depth would come from why, right? Why the vengeance? Why so aggressive about it? Um, why it's so huge it, it, to make up the whole theme of this thing?
0: Oh, yeah, no, no. Um like i said it's not exactly the deepest most (laughs) thought-provoking book it's just you're just supposed to like just enjoy Enjoy the revenge because it's awesome and everyone who wronged him is just a jerk and there's no other way to look at it (laughs) and it's an absolute brick of a book too it's like a thousand two hundred pages like i think the version i listened to was like 40 hours
1: did you listen to anything else by this author
0: uh Dumas. No. He he's the one that wrote The Three Musketeers, which I've never gotten around to, but uh
1: Oh okay.
0: Mm. Everyone's heard of uh, that one.
1: Yeah, and I was gonna say now we gotta do the comparisons between this one and that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um it, it's interesting. This book was actually originally written in French. So my first language is French. So I told myself, like, yeah, all right, sure, I'll listen to it in French, because like Right. I, I, I speak French, but I'm much more comfortable in English just because we live in Canada and it's primarily English speaking country. So like I'm kind of losing my French a little bit. So having listened to that book in French has helped me so much. Like I had so much fun listening to that book just because like I was getting more familiar with uh, with the language I was kind of losing.
1: That's incredible. See, and now you bring this up right when we're about to send you off the show, which means we must have a follow-up conversation about that because language is huge. <laughs> and so many of the books, uh, you know, that we we may be reading are either translations of or are have been translated to because they're classics, right? And I don't know if it makes a difference if you oh, don't know a whole the bunch other of language. Story.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of stories of terrible translations. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Which is, Jacob, another uh, conversation for another episode. But thank you so much for coming on here. And I'm going to call this the initial conversation with you because we got to get you back on here. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.
0: I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me.
1: Jacob Shymansky, our audio technical producer, one of here at AMI-audio. And that's it for this episode of AMI-audio book review. We'll catch you next week. And until then, happy audiobook listening.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.